Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Masters of Craft. But those disposable vapes that you see, flavored ones that you pick up at the bodega or the convenience store, every minute, 150 of them are disposed in kitchen trash. And all of those have reusable lithium-ion batteries. And there was a study that was done that said, well, if we say 150 of these are thrown away, that means in one year, enough fuel to fund 6,000 Teslas is in those disposable vapes. And now they're just sitting in a landfill. When you think about these psychedelic companies, they sell you on this massive TAM. There's so many depressed people. There's so many with PTSD. And you're like, okay, like how does these drugs help and who qualifies for these drugs? If you go to any of these e-pharmacies for ketamine, DMT, anything, they prescribe it to anyone, literally anyone. You just have to fill in and be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling a little bit depressed, no problem. No question about what medications I'm on. No question about any like comorbidities or anything. Just send me the drug. So I just started asking questions to doctors, to addiction specialists who are also helping develop a lot of these technologies. And the real answer I got, insurance companies pay for SSRIs for pennies on the dollar. There is no motivation for an insurance company to pay $1,400 once a week for three weeks, right? And it's when they have SSRIs. And furthermore, if you talk to a doctor, they're like, oh yeah, so the major depression is this big, but the people who actually qualify for this medication are about this big. Me, me, me. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Masters of Craft. Hello, Master Catherine. Hi, I prefer Queen Catherine. Oh, all right. But Master Catherine, I'll suffice. Um, you, just a few short seconds ago, you were exclaiming how you are out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> See? Only an out of mind, out of your mind laugh can exist. Uh, like oh, that. I'm like next level nuts. <laughs> define that like define like define that in like okay, I'll real people terms and eat the microphone a little bit <laughs> yes in any terms that a human being would be able to understand i was 24 years old quit my job on a trading desk i was like i'm gonna start a venture fund and my husband was like oh that's a, that's a really cool idea like maybe we can build off that concept and then i left my job i spent three months like researching figuring it out and i was like fuck it <laughs> I'm emailing Mark and Jason. <laughs> Who are Mark and Jason? He was the first person oh, I emailed. Oh, like, hilarious. Okay. Like, literally, like, like I did a 24-year-old mind, right? Yes. Like, I have to raise this money. I have no money. Like, who's the richest person I can think of? And I was like, Mark and Jason. Oh, Mark and... I thought you said Mark and Jason. I was like, who... <laughs> <laughs> Mark Andreessen, got it. Mark Andreessen, yes. yes. Um, so that's probably when I first realized I was out of my fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In the best it, way possible. But it's also like, that's it, with that story, it's a, it's a liberation. It's like, because you were at a trading desk, like the we were just talking about the Matrix earlier, but like the illusion of, oh, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Actually, you know what? The crazy people are the ones that kind of break the, the mold. Um, How has it gone since? Phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, a lot of people don't know this, but in Fun One, uh, I had just been doing with my husband. We'd just gotten married. He saved his money, his little shekels, to buy a apartment in New York City. We moved in within seven months of living in the apartment. I was like, look, I'm going to start this fund. I have $150,000 of student debt. I was like, but I need money to warehouse deals for the fund. Like, let's brainstorm. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, we're going to sell the house. I was like, what? <laughs> wow. He's like, no, we're going to sell the house. We're going to use all the proceeds from the house to warehouse deals for fun one. And at that point, I was like, billionaire or bankrupt, baby. Like, <laughs> billionaire or bankrupt. And my lawyer still calls the money house money. 
Hilarious. <laughs> you literally bet the house money on your future. Yeah, at age 24. Or maybe I just turned. I mean, that's the time to do it. You know, when you're like 40 plus and you, you know, life has set in. What do I do? File for bankruptcy? Okay, I'll try again. Right? A lot of people like, are going to hear your story and hate it. They're going to be like, I'm 24 yeah. year old. To be clear, I don't recommend that anybody do what I do. Yes. Anyone. I got extremely lucky and I'm aware I got extremely lucky. And part of the reason I was able to do this is because I have an incredible husband who works really hard so I can live this life, mm. to be clear. So I haven't taken a salary yet from Fund 1 or Fund 2. Um, and we've actually used 100% of the management dollars to scale the fund. That's great. Um, yeah, because uh, like, what do I want to build? I don't want to build a cash grab venture fund, right? I want to build an asset management firm. Yeah. where vice ventures can exist in private equity, right? It can exist in hedge funds, it can exist in growth equity. I just don't see this concept as a $100 million fund benefiting anyone Yeah. in the environment. Yep, um, yep. And I refuse to be part of the problem. Fund one was how much? Fund two was how much? Fund one was around 25. Mm -hmm. Fund two, we should be able to get to 50 by end of the year. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, so, all right. Brass tax, for those that may not know, vice ventures is a fill in the blank. Early, well, it was early stage. It's a, <laughs> so basically Vice Ventures is a fund that invests in vices. And what does that mean? That means that most early stage firms have something called a vice clause in them. And that vice clause protects them from investing in cannabis, nicotine, anything sex related. In terms of WeWork, that's why they don't uh, reimburse any meat, right? Because it's backed by SoftBank, who's backed by Saudi Arabia, and they couldn't back pork. So instead of WeWork being like, no pork, they're instead like, no meat. Right? Wow. So these vice clauses run so much deeper than anybody really knows. Um, and I first saw it when I made a personal investment in a canned wine company, got acquired. Um, but at the time, I sent over 100 introductions. And every single fund, got, literally every single fund was like, we love the brand, the product's awesome. Founder's such a go-getter, like really understands who their customer is. Mm -hmm. But it's alcohol, so we're not investing. But, but after that, they said, oh, but I'd love to personally invest. Like, and I'm like, oh, are you showing this to your LPs? And I they're see. like, no, 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 it's not part of the thesis. That, that is morally incorrect. Every deal that we do, every single investor gets the opportunity to invest on the cap table. Wow. And that's something that is really important to me. Um, we had an interesting conversation because, you know, I was like, when they think about psychedelics, sex tech, you know, the things you just mentioned, um, you started talking about harm, harm reduction. Yes. Um, and how, because, you know, it almost sounds a little salacious when you say, oh, vice, let's invest in vices. And you came here with your red, you know. <laughs> Your red shirt and your red lipstick, looking all devilly. Um, but you know, but actually, it's you have this really pure-ish mission underneath yeah. it. So I have a great example of that. I'm sure most people saw the documentary on Netflix called Big Vape. They make a fantastic point, and their point is that of as of 2022, according to the FDA, there are 2.5 million kids between the ages of 15 and 18 using disposable vaporizers. Woo! Oh, is that the wrong reaction? I mean, the reaction is, <laughs> oh, wow, 2.5 million. That's huge. What do we do to help that, right? Mm -hmm. But then you take a step back and you realize, why are all politicians obsessed with this? And what could e-cigarettes actually help, right? The United States has 30 million Americans who use combustible cigarettes. Cigarettes kill 50% of the users, also according to the FDA. Wow. Yeah, so instead of us focusing and like banning all these flavors and banning everything to get kids out, 
of this issue like like our whole country should be hyper focused on to get rid of cigarettes because mm. a lot of people don't know this too but cigarettes um there's 4.5 trillion discarded every year in cigarette butts it has arsenal lead i always say this word wrong but cadmium cadmium <laughs> and, we'll accept it yeah we'll accept it and nicotine which is an insecticide so these cigarette butts are starting to bioaccumulate and enter into our bloodstream and to our food system that's awful, yeah. right? There's no reason for that. This is this is an archaic thing. Cigarettes should be gone. Yeah. E-cigarettes, um, disposable ones are also extremely dangerous. So a lot of people don't know this as well, but those disposable vapes that you see, the flavored ones that you pick up at the bodega or the convenience store, every minute, 150 of them are disposed in kitchen trash. Kitchen trash. And all of those have reusable lithium-ion batteries. And there was a study that was done that said, well, if we say 150 of these are thrown away, that means in one year, enough fuel to fund 6,000 Teslas <laughs> is in those disposable vapes. Shit. And now wow. they're just sitting in a landfill, right? So there's so much, there's so much conversation that needs to happen here. Like, I, 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 I would love to see more sustainability and more just thoughtfulness in these categories. Well, uh, there was a, one other fact that you told me about the number of chemicals that go into it and yes. like even reducing the number of chemicals that go yes. into vapes. Yes, so a disposable cigarette has over 2,700 chemicals, of which 69 are direct class A carcinogenics. Class A means it will give you cancer, right? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to say the name names of different yeah, e-cigarettes, yeah, yeah. I mean, but we, e-cigarettes, we've they seen have, them. Yeah, we see them all. Um, <laughs> They have 11 chemicals in them, and not one scientist has been able to prove that it causes cancer. Nicotine does not cause cancer. It causes heart disease, right? And yeah. to be clear, no one should use nicotine if you are not already using nicotine. But we are very into the harm reduction aisle. And furthermore, we invested in the first vape that has no heating and no combustion element. Um, and that vape is, ha- has the potential to save millions of lives. So around the world, there's uh, one, uh, one, yeah, one billion smokers. Of that one billion smokers globally, 60 per try, 60% try to quit each year, of which between four and seven succeed. So there is a huge market in getting people off of this. And for example, Shantix, which is an extremely controversial dog, they are 1.25% of that market last year, and they did over a billion dollars in sales. And that's not even a fully effective medication. Um, I get the feeling you're frustrated and at the same time excited. <laughs> like it's it's a really weird duality that it, um, emits from you because it's yeah. like yeah, like there are a ton of things you stand the possibility of yes. solving for. So I'll tell you what I'm most frustrated about right now is that over the past 19 years, the FDA has never approved a new version or a new technology for nicotine replacement therapy. 19 years. And the current and NRTs that exist on the market have horrific quit rates. The number one successful quit rate for quitting combustible tobacco is cold turkey. This is 2023. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's just really frustrating as someone who really cares about public health in these categories. How do you go about people or go about getting people to ride along with you on this mission? Because, you know, you have an infectious energy. But also, it's like, like you said, like, they are, quote, unquote, vice categories. There's yeah. fear. There's yeah, historical so legacy. Like, what what goes into, like, getting people on the on the Catherine Dockery ship? Yeah, so, I mean, love the Catherine Dockery ship. <laughs> the queen, um, it's the Queen Mary 
but Queen Catherine for the East Coast. Yeah, so so I would say a lot of it is just total misunderstanding, right? Like I would argue that a beauty product or a beauty brand that sells millions of pieces of single-use plastic to emotionally insecure women, and then that plastic just goes into the landfill, I would say that is just as harmful as an alcohol brand, mm. right? And also Google's don't be evil. They're so fucking evil. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what does harm mean? Right. You know, and, and if so, for example, 90 Americans above the 18 above age 18 use caffeine daily, right? 68, no, 63% of the U.S. drinks daily, mm-hmm. right? Like, wouldn't it be incredible if we could have a product that either stopped alcoholism that was super low or we were able to change culture in general by investing in a new product? Mm. That's what happened with Juul, right? It hit the market. Tons of people stopped smoking combustible cigarettes, and it saved a lot of lives, despite right. what, a, what a lot of the consequences were. Just about. blew up a lot of people's lips. <laughs> <laughs> that was a meme that you know was, was short-lived. Um, speaking of caffeine, you you brought this oh my with you. What's it called? Pizzazz. Um, and you had me spray it in my mouth, and I don't I don't know if I'm gonna like what's gonna. Oh, there you go. Oh my god, I used it all today, guys. I went through a whole tube. So wait, tell, tell us what the... I feel like we're on like a late night talk show and you're just running me through all these like products. It's like, uh, was I going to show all the animals? Anyway, so what this, What am I holding? Oh my god, this is probably one of my favorite products from Fun One. Um, so it, it started off as a caffeine spray. It was actually really interesting. Started, at, started off a caffeine spray, got me super interested because it's incredibly high margin and high repeat and hand to mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is perfect. Um, yeah, and it originally started in, in different flavors that weren't mint. But I don't know if any of you have ever tried to mask the flavor of caffeine. It takes a professional. Mm-hmm. So we hired a professional and the professional was like, yo, dog, like th- this isn't. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually exactly what he said. It's like a, it says his report and started. it's like a joke with the, with the company, too, because we're like, yo, dog. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it started as apple flavor, melon flavor, and they were kind of doing a lot of, like, white claw flavors. And then they turned it into a mint, and all of a sudden, customers were like, oh, fresh breath that I put in my mouth? Of course. Mm-hmm. And they started using it, and they're like, oh, my gosh. I'm like... Nicely caffeinated now. That's pretty uh, man. Love it. <laughs> um, your discovery, you know, when you come across products and or founders, like yeah. where do you like where do you even source or how do these yeah. things get funneled to you? Yeah, yeah. So we don't work with any other fund on DealFlow. Uh, we only share our DealFlow with our investors. Uh, we actually kick. I mean, people hate me for this, but don't care. We kick <laughs> out um, other funds and family offices all the time to make room for our people. Um, it's really important to me because to build a firm. Right. It, it's not about like quick returns or like doing something sketchy. Right. It's like returning capital to investors, mm-hmm. having investors trust you, having them invest in the next fund and a whole cycle of returning money. Right. To people who are early believers. Uh, speaking of early believers at 24, mm, nobody believes a 24 year old. And especially, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to say this on behalf of society, especially a 24 year old woman. Totally. Right. Like, what was that journey like, um, especially the risk that you took with home and like all those other things? Like, how are you received in the marketplace, both positively and yeah, questionably? Yeah. I uh, uh, can I curse on you? Yeah, you already did. So okay, great. It's, it's too late. I could not questions. give less of a fuck if people like me. I literally don't <laughs> care. I don't care. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, wow, you hate me. What a power. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, being really, really young at that age, like, I'm just somebody who refuses to fail. 
refuse. Like, for example, we had a portfolio company out of money. I was like, uh-uh. So I took over the business. <laughs> I found a CEO for the company, mm. and now it's doing great, right? But I, like, I, I don't think a lot of people get this. When you grow up with nothing, yeah. and, you, and you have a dream of whatever number that you want to get to, if you're someone like me, like I slept on a floor for five years as a child, right? Mm. Like I, there is nothing that I won't do to get return for investors. Yeah. What was childhood like? Um, oh my God, it was crazy. Uh, so my dad was a bartender. Uh, my mom was a Playboy bunny turned flight attendant. They never classic. Really, I know it's so fucking classic. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, I, they're the funny. I love my parents, but I'm yeah. like, you guys ever lived together? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting decision. <laughs> um, and then I spent a few years growing up with my uncle, who oh my god, he's the best. He is one of the only attorneys for Nixon that wasn't incarcerated. Mm. He's an angel. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what was the influence? Because, you know, sleeping on the floor for five years and having the parental makeup that you have. Like, a lot of people get, have been dealt similar cards and they don't yeah. get out of the, the cycle, right? Or they repeat it. I just refuse. Yeah. Where I did that actually, come from? Just me being young. I, yeah. I was always extremely competitive. I've always wanted to win. Like, I did not care what it took to win. Um, I don't care. Like, I, I will be there. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, you know, you're close to closing this, this next round. Um, what's the, what's the dream at at this phase? I want to start a private equity fund. I think right now I'm becoming more, um, disillusioned with huge venture funds. I just don't think that you can responsibly allocate that capital in a manner that's well-respected of your investor. Um, so what I'm seeing on the market right now is a ton of fantastic businesses that, especially in cannabis where people just thought these businesses were three billion dollars plus and to be clear here to be clear we have made zero cannabis investments because i am not long term on the cannabis business Hmm. (laughs) we have not made a single investment and why is that is because think about it like any advantage of starting a small business in the united states does not exist for cannabis because it is federally illegal so you can't write off your payroll taxes you're constantly stressing out about working capital. Um, growing into states is almost impossible. Nobody has any idea how the FDA, and like so many people haven't even thought about it. Yeah. But the FDA is totally gonna come down similar to the way they came down with nicotine, right? Like they're gonna have, once it becomes federally legal, they're gonna have an, a cannabis section of the FDA and it's gonna be just as poorly run as the nicotine section is. Mm. And it'll cause lots of stress to the category. So until we have more clarity on what that looks like, it is not worth us to roll the dice on that. Well, it's also like the wave of legalization and change and things that are happening in the psychedelic space. Um, yeah. Where do you, I mean, you know, when you read about Vice Ventures, psychedelics is in there, cannabis is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what's the difference between the two? And like why? There's a big difference. One, I'm not, so when you think about, oh, sorry. Um, when you think about these psychedelic companies, right? They sell you on this massive TAM. They're like, there's so many depressed people. There's so many with PTSD. And you're like, okay, like how does these drugs help and who qualifies for these drugs? If you go, I mean, I've done this. I've practiced this. I, I wanted to see firsthand. If you go to any of these e-pharmacies for ketamine, DMT, anything, mm-hmm. they prescribe it to anyone, literally anyone. You just have to fill in and be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling a little bit depressed. No problem. No question about what medications I'm on. No question about any like comorbidities or anything. Just send me the drugs. Right. And then I, I shocked. 
I, I like deal so much in regulatory, like could not believe it. Um, so I just started asking questions to doctors who addiction specialists who are also helping develop a lot of these technologies. And the real answer I got was, look, two for it. One, um, insurance companies pay for SSRIs for pennies on the dollar, pennies on the dollar. There is no motivation for an insurance company to pay $1,400 once a week for three weeks, right? And it's when they have SSRIs. Right. It does not make sense. And furthermore, if you talk to a doctor, they're like, oh, yeah, so the major depression is this big, but the people who actually qualify for this medication are about this big. And also with ketamine, you can't use it as an ongoing drug because it has horrible side effects if you use it longer than intended. So this stuff is really meant for hospital situations. When you have someone extremely depressed, can't wake up, suicidal thoughts, right. that is when this is needed. I really think that a lot of these Adderall e-pharmacies, ketamine e-pharmacies, like, done. <laughs> yeah. Great cash grabs, right? Like, whoever started those businesses, like, they are breaking money hand and foot. So well, it's also like, yeah, you know, like, the, there's a lot of people who are being trained as facilitators of certain things. Yeah. And they're, like, you don't know what they're, but those, those facilitation courses might be like a six-week course and not like a degree program or, you know, somewhere like you, you need a PhD to administer yeah, talk exactly. therapy, right? But in this space, you know, there's also a danger of like, oh, I'm, somebody was telling me anecdotally, somebody, she's a, my friend is a therapist and was referring to somebody who she was having a conversation with um, who said that they were um, a psychedelic therapist, uh, but has no therapy degree. And so we're using the language the wrong way. And it can be like really dangerous for people who d are curious, but uh, don't know where to go to start. Interesting, interesting. Um, so where to go to start is what you're asking? No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there because it's just like, but echoing your point of yeah. how, you know, the regulations and where there can be consumer confusion. Like, yeah. oh, I feel sad versus like actually. I'm going to kill myself. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And also like one last thing, like I I'm, I'm, would never invest in e-pharmacy. Um, but I do think especially the ketamine ones solve a big problem right now where ketamine is a super popular street drug. You can't buy street drugs anymore because you have no idea if they have fentanyl in them or not. Yep. So I think that these e-pharmacies are providing a better service than what we actually are thinking about. And I think that the access to safe drugs it, it like it shouldn't even be a problem. Um, I wonder who started using fentanyl and stuff. Uh, that was a, that person was a jerk. So uh, <laughs> I got an idea. Let's put this in it. The uh, you and I did this about five six years ago ish. Okay. You're, we had an, we, we had a conversation that was recorded. You don't even remember. It. That's the perfect perfect example because you've changed. Like, I think it was at the very beginning of what you had just started. For sure. Um, you were not as energetic and yes. uh, informed, I would probably yes, guess. Yes, absolutely. Um, what's the learning and girth, girth, oops, let's edit that, learning and growth curve <laughs> that is, you know, that you've experienced um, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so honestly, uh, this is a very, very funny story, but... When I first got my first investor, I was like, yay. And I emailed my lawyer and I'm like, just send the docs over. And he's like, what docs? And I'm like, no, we have docs. He's like, no, we, we didn't do your LPA yet. And I'm like, just sign it. And he was like, no, Catherine, like this is. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, I've really I've learned everything myself, everything. I am like Google queen. I'm, I'm 
a huge autodidactic. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to win. I want to win at this category. I want to win in seed funds. I, I, wa- I want to be the next Tiger Global, right? There's no reason why we couldn't be, especially as Tiger Global arguably falls apart. Um, oh, that's fire. <laughs> just, just make space <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I have big plans and I see no reason why I can't meet those plans. So. Yeah, no, I just, I think it's, I think it's awesome is to watch sort of, um, the blossoming. I'm just, I'll, I'll call it that. I'll call it that. Um, what does downtime look for you? Look, look, look downtime? Yeah, I was going to say, because, oh my God. well, last time we talked, you were on vacation, but you weren't on vacation. No. Um, but you were. We were in, so we spent five <laughs> weeks, four weeks. My husband and I spent four weeks in France. Um, but we were both working market hours. Which means we were getting like te- like ten thirty dinners, and then we'd wake them around lunchtime, and then we were like, "Oh, we have to work again." <laughs> mm. So yeah, it, it was an interesting. Like I thought, I, I think at the time we thought we'd have a lot more time to go and explore and do things, um, but in reality, it turns out when you work twelve hours a day, no matter where it is, but still working twelve hours a day. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think you fall into this category, but like in Ash, no, no, uh, Alexis Hanyan talks a lot about like. Burnout, like I don't, I don't see that. Burnout. Well, yeah, because it's like I think I think everybody is like a lot of entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs aspire to do what you're talking about, right? Like, want to win at all costs, be on and like be joyful, even if it's twelve hours on you know on vacation days. Um, what hmm, I don't know, like this, your energy. Where does that? Do you want to hear from? my favorite quote that I made up myself? Ooh, yes. I now your, call your it favorite quote is from you. Let's, yes, let's obviously. Hear it. <laughs> And I now call it the Catherine Dockery original. But responsibility is happiness and work is a luxury. Responsibility is, ha- is what? Say it again one more time. Responsibility is happiness. Yes. And work is a luxury. Okay, now explain it. I love work. I love having things to do. Mm. I love having, I, I could never just go to the beach and hang at the beach. I would have like a complete panic attack. Like, <laughs> I, I like love doing things, love learning, love being things. I have like tons of energy, like. Yeah. When, um, I don't know, I think about like the amount of information you know. Yeah. <laughs> like statistics and quotes and everything else. And in these categories of industry, you know, there has to be some platform where you learn from or a person on your team. Like, where does the information come from and how yeah. do you filter that and like begin to make decisions? Yeah. So I've become um, an FDA avid reader. I read all the, via- all the, um, guidances for either NRT, for concentrate, for like whatever, right? Like first off, like in these categories, it's so based on regulatory mm-hmm. that if you don't know the regulatory of it, you should never invest. Like if you if you do not know all the laws in nicotine, you should not even spend 10 seconds looking at a deal in nicotine because it is so much more complex and like, where's it being sold? What's revenue? What's the unit economics? Like, it's crazy. So I basically had to spend so much time just reading guidance, reading FDA guidance, endlessly, 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 mm-hmm. right? Um, to kind of learn about what we're doing. And also, like, nobody really covers on this kind of stuff, yeah. right? So I do a lot of law blogs, right? Like, I'm following the litigation between BAT and FDA right now, right? And that's pretty private, so it's like you got to find places that you can find it. Um, and then also being the most active early-stage nicotine investor in the U.S., we have a lot of contacts uh, within regulatory. Got it. Um, yeah. yeah, and reg- I mean, regulatory is just so interesting because, in my opinion, any logical outcome you think the FDA will do that benefits public health, that benefits the producer, blah, 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 is just not going to be what they do. 
another note. Like, there's a lot of you know entrepreneurs out there who are like, oh, I have the something that fits your category. Like, um, and there's an the art of saying no, and you know, which sometimes it might be hard. I get the feeling it's not hard for you. No. But, but like, what what are the criteria that you look for when That's somebody knocks on your door? A hilarious fucking question. Because <laughs> I can tell pretty quickly because I take so many of these calls now. Like, you know, like, who can sell? Who'll be able to raise money? Does the person know the product, right? Like, anyone that's like, I want to walk you through the deck I already sent you. I'm like, eh. Nope. Yeah. Don't you dare. Waste my time, right? <laughs> but anyway, but like, I'll get on a call, and I don't care how the person's day is. I don't want to share any information, right? I don't know anything about you. I'm trying to figure out, do you know enough about what you're selling that is mm. worth to have a conversation, right? And that sounds so obvious. You will be so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think like like Crazy. the problem is like an idea is only like five percent of what needs to happen to make an idea happen, right? Like, oh, it's yeah. a great idea. Like, I hear great ideas all the time. Yeah. Um, whether and, and I've sat through boring pitches for like really great products. Yeah. I've sat through great pitches for terrible, you know, like unthought out pro- products. <sighs> and so, like the level of discernment and decision making that has to go into like. How, uh, so I have a great example yeah. actually. Um, I've been, I mean, this is not remotely shocking, I'm sure, but I've been sent at this point over 200 AI sexual chatbots. I have seen so many. I have seen every approach. They all, like most of them model real adults. And now there's like all these articles coming out. Like one woman's a massage therapist. And when people go in to get the massages, they assume that she's the AI. They don't know it's AI. So they assume that she's the porn person and it's ruining these women's lives, Mm. right? But I got a call from someone and they're like, hey, Catherine, like, I'm looking at this deal. Will you look at it? Looked at it in 30 seconds. And I was like, this is a zero. And he's like, no, you don't understand the approach. And I was like, no, I have seen over 200 of these. Like, and especially AI now, the valuation is so high. There's almost no risk waiting six months and seeing which company's still alive and which company's working because the valuation will be like this much higher. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Like, it's already absurd. It's so fucking absurd. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but I got in a huge fight with this person and he's like, I know best. And I was like, I love that. You, you go ahead and invest in that then. And he's like, you should invest too. And I said, I told you I wasn't right. But it's just so funny to me the way that like you ask for an opinion, you give an opinion. Mm-hmm. If the opinion doesn't agree with you, it doesn't mean that you sit there and argue endlessly with the opinion. You take the opinion and you make your own decision in private. I don't care what the decision is. <laughs> What's the difference between taking business personal and just oh, taking it as business? Oh, nothing personal. Right? Oh, my God. I'm well, not, oh, for you, but, like, the, a lot of us, you know, show up as, like, this yeah. is my baby, this is my vision. Not only are you saying no to whatever the product yeah. is, you're saying no to me as a human being. And that's, that's a whole different psychology that most of us walk into rooms with. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, and that's why we feel sad or, like, defeated yeah. after. So, in know. the beginning, when I was first taking pitches, I, I felt so bad. I was like, oh, my God, this is somebody's dream they're telling me. And I'm telling them that it's really stupid. And then I got to the point. <laughs> is that what you're doing? You're telling this. this is- I was like, this is not your best idea. Like one idea, for example, it was a CBD kombucha, which is already like, how does that scientifically work out? Right. <laughs> Second. And they're like, oh, it has a two and a half week shelf life. And I was like, honey, come on. Like, like, don't. Did you put money in this already? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, stop. It's not going to work. Cried on the phone with me. And then I hung up because I was like, this is not my problem. And ever since there, I realized that it is extremely important to protect my time. Yeah. My time is my own. I get pitches from people who are like, I demand to pitch to you. And I'm like, oh, nope. Next. Mm. 
Next. I could never work with someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the last pitch that wowed you? Or you're like, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, that you can share. Yeah. I saw a lottery deal that I thought was interesting. Hmm. Um, but my biggest issue with the lottery is that people who play it are much older and they don't have smartphones. So the whole concept of, like my father, for example, he, he has a smartphone, he pays the lottery every day, right? Like he's one of those. Uh, but he would never trust a computer to do it, right? And that's part of that generation who plays lottery. Yeah. And I'm not positive on the next generation playing lottery, right? Like it's it kind of seems like a very old person thing. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about the stats around. I don't, I don't know. The stats uh, are nuts, but yeah, that's, the, that's one thing I was interested in, and then kind of thought more about it. Um, but what's interesting about running vice ventures that I have come to terms with over the past year-ish is that what makes the portfolio so exciting, in my opinion, is that we we operate in extremely regulated categories, but you can actually hedge the regulatory risk on the other categories of the fund, mm. right? Like yeah, no yeah. other fund does that has the ability to do that. That's true. That, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, it's, so it's been fun. And like after realizing and understanding that kind of like seeing where the synergies for the portfolio companies are. Right. And now we have, I mean, it's funny. Uh, every Christmas party, everybody always says Vice Ventures is a family. Uh, <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Um, it's, it's just like you don't believe it? <laughs> no, it is, it's just like the sweetest thing that I can't be like, it's a family. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just like, that's too nice. Um, but anyway, but yeah, the portfolio, they all hang out without me work together without me i get updates they're like oh we're in atlanta and i'm like oh thanks for the invite like <laughs> <laughs> um what kind of leader did you think you were when you started this and what kind of leader do you think you are now that's a great question um i don't think i thought i was a leader when i first started it i think i was just trying so hard to create it like i i was so focused like everything i did like for a six month period had to lead to vice ventures that was it like no friends no christmas like Everything for me mm-hmm. had to do that. Um, and, and that's just who I am. Like, I'm like, I, I'm someone, if I set a goal, I will not miss that goal. Refuse. Like, will not miss it. Um, so, yeah. So, I feel like at that point, I wasn't really a leader. Uh, I was more just trying to, like, organize, get myself together. But more and more, as I've had to take thousands and thousands of pitch meetings, um, I, I kind of realized, like, I'm the no bullshit leader. I'm yeah. like, this is what happens. This is what I want. I don't care what your excuse is. If you couldn't have done it, you should have told me earlier. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's very kind. It's <laughs> like no, no, spoon, no spoon feeding. Um, so I don't know. Like as you see the wave of change coming across and what you're able to affect, like, you know, what do you see in your crystal ball uh, next five years looks like in terms of vices? Especially I think the, the wor- world is so focused on sustainability and climate change and equity and, you know, social. Like, yeah. And this not that it's none of that but it, it doesn't use the same language yeah um where do, where does this come to the more the forefront of culture see i very much feel that this actually is esg right because esg i mean the people who believe in esg what's esg we, we know what we're talking environmental services okay yeah, yeah, yes yeah. they really believe oh whoops sorry um <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as I'm, they, I'm dumber than I look sometimes. <laughs> they really, really believe that ESG should be in every single category, right? And if that is the philosophy of ESG, our fund is no less ESG than a renewable energy fund. We are trying to annihilate cigarettes. We are trying to annihilate lithium-ion batteries in uh, e-cigarettes, mm-hmm. right? We are trying to make sure that the cannabis that you get, for example, in New York City, is tested, is clean. 
right? That the taxes do go back to the communities that need it most. Um, so yeah, we're, we're big believers in all of that for sure. I think the most interesting thing about you to me is that you have a heart of gold. Like you have a, a huge heart. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, it, the way you present doesn't always <laughs> feel that way. Because but, I've had to, right? Like I'm usually on panels with people who are twice my age with three times more experience. Mm. Right? So like when I first started, oh yeah, that's actually a great story. When I first started, I was super flexible. I was like, oh, it'll be your Zoom room. Or like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll be there. Oh, you need this? I'll need this. And then that's what I realized. Everybody wanted my time. Everything. Catherine, can you meet me here? Catherine, can you do that? Can you do that? And I'm like, no. I, I'm, I'm protective of my time. If you are in the circle, I am a phenomenal friend. You cannot get a better friend than me. I am loyalty above all else, right? But if you are that type of friend, you cannot be friends with every rando that pitches you on CBD kombucha, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like at some point you have to be cold. So it's just like you don't have to deal with the shit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about AI earlier. We are at FYI.AI. Well, I am. Um, Focus your ideas. Um, what is your take on AI? You mentioned it in the sex tech category, which you know, I don't know if that'll be introduced as a as a functionality in yeah, the, in the yeah, tool. Yeah. But like, what is your take on AI and the current state of things? AI has changed my life for the better. I'm obsessed. I had an assistant that I was overpaying, and then, <laughs> every dollar is precious. I keep, here. I keep thinking about all the people who are going to see you talk about them. In, in the I mean, they I talk about them to their face. <laughs> Um, anyway, I was, I had an assistant, I was overpaying and then someone, a current investor was like, Hey, I just made this discovery. I've been using it for the past year. You should try it. And I was like, what is it? And they're like, EIA, an AIEA. And I was like, I don't trust it. And then I used it. Unreal. Mm. Unreal. It is the best item. I don't have to take it out to lunch, right? It's having a bad day. I don't want to give it a Christmas present. It, there's no information leakage. It is always there. Some people, I mean, I shouldn't say this because now people will know, but some people I'll be on calls and we'll have random small talk. And as you know, I hate small talk. And I was like, okay, let's get to it. Like, are you waiting for someone else? And they're like, oh, we're waiting for Max. And that's my EA. And I'm like, oh, Max isn't joining. <laughs> Max is busy doing other 11,000 other things he right now. He has another job right now. <laughs> So, yeah, so, like, I, I mean, this is, like, super fucking confidential to you, but um, when, when I think of the best ways to, UAI, to use AI, I think of it as hiring versions of myself, deep faking myself, mm. creating a different deep fake for me for every category that I talk to, having each deep fake talk to founders, collect information, figure out if there's the next meeting. I like it. Isn't that genius? Yes. It would be so easy. Um, I... Yes, I, I'm fearful of the day I see multiple clones of you. <laughs> <laughs> that is my dream. <laughs> like it's just a Catherine army walking. Down oh the my god, I would love it. Um, what's missing? Like when you, you know, as, as you're on this adventure, like what are what are some pieces where you're like, ah oh man, I can't get to, or I'm trying to. Like, what are some of the goals that you're setting out, and like what's missing? Oh my god, nothing right now. I'm. Mm. I mean, if you asked me like a month ago, I'd probably say something different. But ooh, what was happening a month ago? <laughs> Um, but no, no, nothing. I mean, like, we're adding members to the team that are really strategic. Uh, we're growing it thoughtfully. We're adding a press person. We're, yeah, no, we're doing a lot of things to kind of increase the reach of the fund in general and to make sure that our portfolio companies operate. Because I don't know if you know this about us, but when we invest, we take board seats, uh, sometimes two, budget control, everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then I get absorbed in management. 
and I help them run the company, fundraise, everything. And then by the next round of funding, done. And then we're on to the next company. Yeah. So we, we run this seed, this seed firm as if it was a private equity firm. And we found that that makes so much more sense than funds that just like throw 50 checks at something mm-hmm. and see what works. Oh, yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. so many founders. I mean, you even went from founder to CEO, right? Like, I think it's, it's two very different functions. Yeah. One is like, oh, I want to make this thing. The other one is like, I need to make this thing make money yeah. and do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, no. Well, Catherine Dockery, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. And I like saying your first and last name. It's Catherine Dockery is a good name. I know. It is. It's pretty solid. Yeah. It's pretty solid. There's no uh, other Catherine Dockery. Is there not? Not with my name. Not Catherine mm. Dockery. I was going to open with a hickory dickory dockery thing. And then I was like, I didn't oh, want to yeah. take you back to like I'd be triggered school. to fourth grade. I know. That's why I was like, I'm going to save it till the end. So now I've said it. Love. Goodbye, America. NBA. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Where can people go to find out more about you and um, Vice Ventures? and Twitter. Okay. Uh, at Vice Ventures. I think there's an underscore there. Um, but yeah, we're also on Instagram. We accept tons of deals, Twitter DM, Instagram DM. Um, if you have a company you want to pitch us, the best direct way is to send it to info at viceventures.com. Sweet. And even if it, someone doesn't respond to you, it will be seen. That's it. <laughs> like I sent the email six months ago. She said somebody saw it. Um, thank you again. This is great. Thank you. Yeah. So fun.